is songwriting our way out of here. With Leah G and Marlock. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Songwriting Our Way Out of Here. Um, I'm here with Leah G as usual and today we've got another guest in the podcast for this third episode. Uh, we've got Justine, who's a tour manager. Hello Justine. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello, how are things? How are you doing? Yeah, good. Just I'm actually really pleased that the sun is out and spring <laughs> feels like it's finally here. Maybe it's literally the light at the end of the tunnel i think <laughs> <laughs> so true so good for it to be spring finally cool i think you know what i'm really excited about today because um i think this is a, a topic which is slightly different to what we usually talk about obviously related because it's music industry but um i'm pretty sure you're gonna bring a different point of view and especially with all the situation right <laughs> that everyone knows about <laughs> and how things have developed in the in the last um few months so I guess just to start with um could you tell us a little bit about you know what's the role of a tour manager and also how did you get into that right because how does that happen (laughs) yeah I know for loads of people I feel like it's a bit of an accident actually um so for me um I I'm quite lucky both my parents um both like quite creative working events so My mum's a dance teacher, she has a school, and my dad um, used to work um, on, like, corporate events. He used to do sound and AV for, like, big product launches, films, all sorts of things. So when my mum would have a show, my dad would do the backstage stuff. And then when I was about 12 and I was like, I don't want to dance in a leotard, thank you, he started teaching (laughs) me how to do stuff. Um, I then um, got to about 15 and had uh, like a gig for my birthday uh, that we literally did in my mum's dance studio. We had like three local bands come. Um, A couple of them are like massive now. Um, And yeah, so I did that, started putting sort of gigs on from about 15, 16, all around my local area and in Brighton. Um, Because I was like, I can't play guitar very well, but I'm kind of good at organising stuff. So I used to just put all my mates' bands on and then try and book bands that were touring as well at the time um so I kind of did that um went to college did music tech um bit of media studies wasn't sure what to do for uni and ended up doing theatre production um because I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do I stayed local um but through that I did lighting sound production management stage management so I had like a really good all-round knowledge of how a show gets put together um And then just slowly but surely, like, somehow transitioned from theatre and opera and musicals (laughs) across to music. Yeah, it just, it kind of happened because I was like, oh, it's all the same skills. But Mm -hmm. to me, I was like, it's a bit more fun because you can travel more and you're not doing the sort of same show in the same venue, you know, Mm. for months and months and months. Um, So, yeah, it kind of happened that way. Started working on a few festivals. Um, There's a great... Uh, recording and rehearsal studio called Brighton Electric Um, I worked there for a couple of years and started meeting lots of bands and then they were like oh maybe you could come with us because you know we hired vans we hired backline we hired crew so I then started going out on little jobs with them and it sort of just picked up from there really and never looked back so yeah I've been 
sort of working, I would say, generally in events now for about, I think it's 10 years. Oh my God, that's crazy. But yeah, 10 years, I think I graduated, which is, um, yeah, a really long time. But I've sort of gone between, yeah, different kind of art and now, yeah, predominantly mainly music. So yeah, that's my journey into it. So it's been... Makes a lot of sense. It's... uh... Sounds like it was in your veins already from the beginning anyway, right? But <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I think it, it did help that when I was working on smaller gigs, because I had such an all-round knowledge of not just management, management but also technical things, I could sometimes bring something extra to a gig. Like, we could mm-hmm. be in a tiny venue and there might be three lights And I'll be like, I'll go and do the lights so that it looks Mm. way better. And it just meant I could sometimes bring a bit of extra knowledge to what I was doing. Or if someone was trying to lie to us about a technical (laughs) issue or something like that, I could actually sort of stand up and go, that's not the problem here. And and look after my artist and make sure that, um, you know, people weren't taking us for granted and stuff. So it has has been really helpful. having I guess an all-round knowledge of shows in general so yeah makes sense it allows you to bring more value at the end of the day right which is what we'll try to do at at work so yeah yeah. it becomes a bit more creative as well like you can go I'll give this a try and there's no pressure to necessarily deliver because that isn't you know I'm not the lighting designer but if someone's grateful to have someone to do it, it gives me a chance to have a go um and then, you know, if you're then in a position to hire someone, you can go, OK, these are the sorts of things that we already like doing. You can now go and do it properly. So it's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really it's, it's good. Really fun, awesome. Yeah. So it's nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's my journey into it. And then I guess my role in terms of tour managing, it starts very early on in the process. Um, I think a lot of people tend to think that you just sort of a couple of weeks before and Definitely. off and you go um and that's why i wanted you to explain it right because i think most people think yeah it's, it's like three weeks before tour or something organize a few gigs and off you go and i'm like well not not quite no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sounds I easy think, and simple but <laughs> yeah and i think as well often sometimes people mistake a tour manager for being the person that actually books gigs mm. um mm. which I am definitely not, and I'm very glad that I don't have to get involved in those negotiations sometimes. But, I mean, my role begins sort of at the point when once the tour's been booked, um, often, so a lot of the artists that I work with are already with record labels. They will have um, sort of budget documents. They'll send over to me and go, here is where we're playing, and now you need to pull a budget together. And it's basically to kind of check if we can afford to do it um so you start pulling a budget together how much we think it's going to cost how much money could potentially be made out of the tour um all these kinds of things you know a lot of it and you already know certain things in advance that you're going to need or not need other things you maybe have to speculate and just allow for it um and then you go back to them once it's all sort of signed off you'll then start booking transport accommodation crew anything that is involved in making the show happen and then nearer the time um you'll start to pull an itinerary together for everyone i use um this great app called master tour you have to pay for it but it's on desktop so i build everything on my laptop 
and then everyone has their own app which shows them certain things so let's say you've got crew so cool. um my whole day sheet goes into there but you can split things up between um okay we don't need the artist to see this information or we don't need the crew to see this information. So you can share different documents or schedules. You can update it in real time. Um, if you get like a press engagement, um, like last minute, there's an interview, you know, you can drop it on and it pings everyone a message. If they've all gone out in a city somewhere, they are, okay, I've got to get back. So it's a really good way of also being, I guess, a bit more green. Don't have to print mm-hmm. off hundreds yeah. of pages of things because that's quite a big uh you know quite a big part of my touring now is we try and keep things as eco-friendly as possible so yeah do all the itinerary hopefully it all works and then it's a case of booking everything that we need based on the budget and the itinerary and getting out on the road um and managing those shows when they're there um and then yeah a lot of chatting between agents promoters and managers and press the entire time and just making sure basically that the artist can just focus on doing the music um, and that all the pe- yeah, and that all the people around it are doing what they need to do to make sure that happens and that they the artist is sort of seen in the in the best light and um, you know that their interests are protected while you're on the road. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of most of it. And then after the tour, you know, you're constantly doing accounts as you go along every night, you get a report from the show any merch money so you have to be good with numbers spreadsheets very on top of things and sending those across to management every day every couple of days and then at the end you just sort of wrap up the accounts and send it all over to an accountant and hopefully if you've done your job right they won't come back to you with a million questions but yeah it's it's very varied and the role does change depending on the artist that you're working with and the record label and the management like every process is unique i think so yeah no but i find it super interesting because you touched on a few points that you know usually we don't really think about especially when you go to a gig right like you go there everything's <laughs> yeah. set up um as you said it everything tries to be so seamless so you know it's just the artist jumping in there and you know putting on the show and it's all good but obviously we sometimes don't realize how many people is behind that which is the actual workforce behind it uh, which at the end of the day um you are the people who ensure that everything runs smoothly right um so as you said the artists can focus on on what they do best um but obviously the the business side of things uh very interesting as well cuz yeah i mean obviously you know you put a tour together and you need to make sure you get some return of investment because uh that's that's part of it as well and obviously in the, in the music industry these days um that's one of the main ways of, of making money right people don't sell cds anymore Not yeah <laughs> yeah it was like merchandise and stuff is you know it's huge it's it's one of sometimes you make more money off merchandise at a gig than you do out of actually playing it but you can't make that unless you're there. You know, yeah. sometimes I, I look at shows that we're doing and you can immediately see that there is a huge loss. And sometimes you do feel a bit of guilt because you're like, God, I'm being paid to do this and someone at the end is losing money. But, you know, if you're working with a major label, that, you know, they're investing in that artist and they're going, okay, like 
We know that there may be a loss here, but further down the line, um, we know that, we're, well, they hope they're going to recoup that. And it's about you putting on the best show possible so that it's worth the loss. And, and that if you're putting out a good product and you're putting out a good show, people want to come back and that's exactly what they want. It makes your, I guess, your end product way more sellable. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things to think about depending on the, the type of music and the type of artists that you're working with. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, it's that building a fan base as well, right? Because that's effectively yeah. what you're doing too. So yeah. there is that side of, of things. And obviously, uh, I mean, uh, you, you've been working with one of the, you know, artists, which is kind of like breaking through um at the moment and has been doing so for the last few years so i guess you've seen all that process and yeah and it's interesting to get that perspective yeah i think as well there's a bit there's a big um sort of pressure almost for smaller like breakthrough artists to do something different um you know i've done stuff where we've traveled to schools and it's not for once it wasn't to just build a fan base and go and sign stuff it was actually to talk about bullying and give advice and chat to teachers and chat to students about how they can um make their school a better place and how they can help each other so it depends yeah again it depends on who you're working with and, and what what level they're at but especially the you know the the smaller artists that are trying to break through it it's yeah it's a great way to build an audience but it's also about people going that person hasn't just turned up to my school to sell tickets. They've actually come because this is a cause that they care about. Um, and those kinds of things are actually quite nice to do because also like the excitement of kids when you're coming to their school or they've got no idea who you are when you show up and by the end of it, they're like, they're going crazy. So it is really nice to to do something, you know, like a bit of, I guess, community outreach you could call it about causes that you care about and I think that's quite a big thing at the moment especially with everything that's gone on in the world over the last year having a cause that you care about can actually be I guess beneficial in so many ways to reach out to people so Mm -hmm. yeah it's quite nice doing something different every so often which is which is good yeah that sounds really really nice I think that's like yeah even a better way to like connect with people as you said um what uh, there was like a question that just popped into my head which was like how many artists or like how many tours do you organize in a year usually obviously don't take last year as an example (laughs) but like usually like before everything kind of went into covid madness how how many artists or did you work with or how many tours did you kind of organize so if i if we look back to i guess the best year to just choose is like 2019 before the world exploded. (laughs) I mean, I was mainly working with two artists. I was working with Sodi, who's on Mm -hmm. Relentless. And then I was working with a band called Blood Red Shoes, um, who have been touring for, I think, something like 15 years. So Blood Red Shoes are a rock band. Um, Sodi is a pop artist. So Mm, (laughs) very, very different. different. Um, And looking... I mean, there are sort of peak times in touring and obviously festival seasons. So normally if you're going to be out, you tend to be doing stuff between maybe February and April tends to be a good time to tour. And then sort of from May 
through to September time, it tends to be festival season. You know, you look at May, you've got stuff like in Brighton, it sort of kicks it off with Great Escape. And then it just sort of goes on and on and things start cropping up. And then, you know, there's so many festivals out in Europe that we tend to travel to. So that will take up most of the summer, like every weekend or maybe twice in a week, you'll go get on a plane, get on a whatever van, bus, go away. And then I guess the sort of autumn slash winter touring season tends to go from, I don't know, mid-September through to mid-December. So you kind of have times where you're busy doing stuff, but it, it all depends on where the artist is at. Have they recorded something that they want to release? Um when did you join them have they already done all of that and they're just picking up odd gigs so it depends on the cycle that they're on at the time the you know the the busiest time is going to be if an artist has just released an album because if they've got the audience to tour it they're going to want to go everywhere um (laughs) if they're just starting out it's about maybe I don't know getting on a support slot or getting as many PR gigs or smaller shows that you can just to tide yourself over and build the audience so Mm. It it can change every year is completely different. So crazy, yeah. you have to be so yeah. flexible. Like how how do you like manage your private life around your job? Because obviously it's almost like you could like be needed any time, and then it's just like you have to be there kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it is very difficult. I think um, when, especially when I'm first starting out, and I guess even until the last couple of years, like I've missed so many birthdays. So many weddings, so many anniversaries. Like, I've missed so much stuff. Um, And sometimes I look back and I'm like, God, that's really rubbish that I did that. But equally, I think the people in my life are like, well, that's your job. And they understand that, like, if you want to get to where you want to be and you want to keep going in the industry, you've got... There's sometimes you do have to make those sacrifices. But with, with the work being almost very condensed at times it does then allow you to have a certain amount of time off when you are at home in between projects or Mm -hmm. if you're just doing the prep work so that's the sort of time where I almost have to um just see everyone I'm just like let's go let's go let's go and they're like god you're crazy I haven't seen you for like two months and now it's but I think um you know about uh five years ago like I started picking up hobbies like I play football and stuff and and now when I'm away I massively miss being like oh where's I'm missing my weekly weekly thing now it's a social thing but that massively helped me get a work-life balance in terms of um yeah I would sometimes sit and work until midnight and I was like actually um I didn't need to do that and now I'm like it's fine I've got a hobby to go to and so it stops you and it makes you have a better balance in terms of, okay, I'm not going to answer my emails after six or seven o'clock unless it's massively urgent. I'm going to do what everyone else does, do my working day and then get on with it. That's not always realistic, but try to have a better balance. And I think especially with everything that's happened with the pandemic, it has allowed me so much time to spend some really good quality time, like getting to know a lot of people in my life that I haven't known for long because I never have this amount of time to do that and and actually spend a really really good amount of time with them with no other distractions it's been it's been really nice it's (laughs) yeah it's really really different so you know what I feel yeah yeah, because um I was in a very similar boat 
I'm traveling all the time for work and and it's exactly I had the same issue you just cannot get a routine it's yeah. very difficult and you end up you know working really long hours trying to catch up on stuff and as you said I, I came to the same conclusion you just need to make the effort and make sure you've got something there that forces you to switch off really yeah. because otherwise oh, 100%. it's impossible and and you know what the situation us all the covid stuff has been a, a curse and a blessing at the same time right when it comes to that obviously there's so many things we cannot do and so but uh, for me personally it's helped a lot when it comes to as you said you know catching up with people on a more regular basis um learning things about myself which i like i actually really enjoy doing this i should probably spend more time doing it and and things like that right and and giving value to things that perhaps i didn't value as much in the past so yeah totally yeah and i was i was chatting to someone the other day and i was saying that it's really strange because as i guess you guys like being musicians being artists i was like this time off essentially that we've got from the world if you're a creative you can just go full on you can write you can Mm -hmm. explore and I said the thing with my job is I was like I just am there to help those people get their shows on I was like I don't have that creative outlet to go to I can't be like oh I'm going to spend the next six months writing an album I mean I could try but it would (laughs) probably be terrible but like it must it must be great for you guys being like okay there's actually no pressure to release stuff um or tour or do things and but sometimes I'm almost envious that I'm not an artist and I'm not the I'm not the creative because suddenly I'm like oh I actually rely on the creative to to do my thing I guess uh, not my own creativity but that's that's where I thrive but I can't do that without the person creating um so it's really strange and I'm watching people and I'm like oh that's cool but yeah must be so crazy because I bet like you love planning and stuff because obviously that's your job right it's so cool to plan and stuff and you haven't been able to do any of that because <laughs> you could, weren't even able to plan anything not even a weeks in advance you know it's like it's crazy yeah it's just just mm. gone like people now are like oh are you planning tours now I'm like no, no. I was like still <laughs> no one no. I'm just like I might start making a spreadsheet for my mum's life or something I don't know it's like it's, it's like, great yeah get out of bed go to the kitchen make breakfast get back into bed yeah. <laughs> honestly then, like, repeat that three times a day yeah on, honestly walk. I mean I've oh, I've gosh. actually been really lucky because um I've started like working with a football club that we created so I've actually been able to put all of my like skills into doing that and I've been like great it's really organized now Mm, (laughs) so it means yeah and it means when things do pick back up um that will already be in place and I can just give it to other people to do so it has been quite nice doing something that's like a passion project outside of work but Mm. uses the same skills but I do miss it but makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, talking uh, talking about that, when do you think the music industry is gonna come back and touring is gonna come back and what's from your point of view how that's gonna look like? Obviously, you know, it's just an opinion because yeah. who knows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking about this, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna answer it's it's a difficult one because I think one of two things will happen. Either 
we're going to lose a lot of artists on the road because they just can't afford it or their record labels can't afford it right now and things will get cut down. Um, And so the market will be saturated with bigger artists you know it will be it will be more for bigger almost like an elite group um that can afford to do it or everyone will just be like okay well we haven't spent any money for the last year and a half or year we can now afford to do certain things uh you know built up a pot can we do it but i think the main concern is you know from my point of view is wages and day rates is a lot of people are going to say they might have had to take up another job. Um, can I afford to be going out for this rate? Do wages need to go up? Or is it that wages will go down because people just can't afford to pay you what they were doing before? Um, I think, yeah, in terms of touring, I think there's going to be a big backlog of concerts and tours that were already booked before and have been rescheduled. So it's are those going to get in the venue diaries first? before anyone else gets a look in so I mean for me realistically I'm going 2022 um, and Mm -hmm. if anything comes before that then great but for the level of stuff that I'm doing I'm trying to be realistic Um, but outdoor events you know we'll start seeing those coming back but again it's the question of can we get international artists over is that going to be safe for them will they be vaccinated like there's so many discussions so at the moment about variables. yeah, yeah. Course, and yeah. and then we haven't even thought about what about brexit um because mm-hmm. before <laughs> it was like oh no covid and now it's like oh no the end of covid and now things are going to be incredibly different going into europe is it going to be yeah. Like, I'm really lucky, hopefully, in the next couple of months, I'll have a French passport. And that could literally be the difference between me being able to work in the industry again, because we still are unsure what the legal and logistical issues are going to be and how much that's going to cost and how feasible it's going to be to tour. So... Yeah, that that's really good. Yeah. Enough for, that's so lucky, for a yeah. different. Yeah, that that's <laughs> enough for a different podcast. You I know, know. I it's crazy. Three episodes. Talking about I know. That. I just keep um, going. Oh, am I suddenly going to have to learn a load more stuff about policies and things? Yeah. And is my yeah. role going to change slightly, or is it going to be that um, artists and labels are going to actually have to have a bit more of a budget to pay? a company to deal with those specific things it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out but i think big tours and things will start you know probably maybe september time properly because that is normal touring season and then 2022 but it will be slow and i think people just need to be patient and realistic and just go it's fine we'll come back but it will Mm. take a bit of time so i think i think yeah yeah, that's that's great advice because um you know, with all this time, everyone being at home and stuff, uh, it's like, oh, let's go on tour. <laughs> you know, the minute they open the doors, it's like, you know, when Literally. it's like sales and everyone tries to run through the same door at the same time. Okay, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just but, it's also, but it's also going, everyone's really excited, but how many people have lost their jobs and can't afford to go yeah. to gigs? This, mm, like, it's totally. absolutely, yeah, this, it's such a big discussion to think about. You just go, there's Your so many knock-on yeah, for me, I'm just going. 2022 is a safe bet, and if yeah, <laughs> if someone goes, we're going on tour in October, and it's possible, amazing. But you know, have to be realistic at this point, and 
hope for the best. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, that just answered my question that I had in my head for the last three days. It's like, do I go to do a book tickets for Barn and the Farm? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but like, I doubt that's going to happen anyway, because it's like a week after lockdown's supposed to end. So yeah. I doubt that's going to go ahead. So it's just like probably a waste of time of booking tickets and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have something to look forward to, but it's um, it's also they've been talking a lot in the press this week about are festivals going to give you a refund if it gets cancelled um or are they going to say oh we'll hold on to your money till next year and you come next year and it's um everyone's got a lot of decisions to make i've got friends that have already booked to go to things and i was like i mean (laughs) i I don't tend to book to go to a lot of things because i'm normally working them or i'm like i'll have the weekend off but yeah i'm just gonna see what happens and if there's an opportunity to get some shows in over the summer and in the autumn then amazing but i'm trying to be positive but very realistic yeah very cautious yeah all my friends are excited and i'm like that's really good um but (laughs) But but just yeah just from someone that sees how much work has to go into the pre-planning you start going gosh that's going to be really hard to pull off um but I, if if we can do it, amazing and fair play to anyone that is going for it this year. Because if they manage to do it, then it'll be a huge achievement and it will be a big step forward to getting things back to normal for sure. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. No, I, I think it's a very good comment. I think, especially as a as a closing comment, because I think we're getting to to the end of it and we're gonna do the word of the day in a sec. But no, um, I agree with the approach a million percent because um yeah we all get excited because of it definitely but i think we need to be cautious because otherwise it just leads to frustration because as you said um we have to be realistic (laughs) i mean (laughs) it's not like one day it's gonna be like yeah and everything's back to normal and then it's all fine there's so many things that are gonna come up and so many things that we can't foresee happening that will happen just because of the uncertainty right and uh, as you said, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. But we'll keep yeah. the positive thoughts. And oh, yeah, 100%. Hopefully... And we're, we're even seeing what's going on in New Zealand. That is a good sign for the future. Oh, like I'm seeing pictures all the time and going, oh, I can't wait to see a bit of fence <laughs> go up. Like, I'm really excited. Yeah, so, really good. yeah, that's, that's the positivity. now, though. So, yeah, yeah. Y- oh, it shows gosh. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's not going to be gone <laughs> forever, but it's, <laughs> yeah, we just. <laughs> We just got to manage it and yeah, hopefully we'll be back to normal and everyone will be out drinking beer in the sun soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it so good. With that thought, yeah, yeah. with that in mind, that's word a really nice closing thought. Uh, word of today, shall we do... I don't know, beer in the sun <laughs> all together. Yeah, but that's not that's not one word. Yeah, that's uh, not one word. Let, let's just let's just choose touring because that's I guess we can let, definitely know where that came from. What podcast episode? Let's do touring. So yeah, please go and comment on our social media touring. So mine is Marlock Music. And mine is Leah G Music um, with underscores between the G and the music. And Justine will let you promote yourself as well obviously oh god mine's really hard to read out it's my name but with no vowels in it <laughs> so oh, it's god. j-s-t-n-t-h 
M S N. I'm literally counting up my fingers. Perfect. That's my Instagram. That's, that's but you can enough. find me around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, search search we'll for Justine you. Thompson. Justine Thompson. <laughs> we will tag you. All right, it's been an absolute pleasure, Justine. Thank you very much. For Thank you time. so really much. No worries. Thanks for and having me and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Best. Thank you. And hopefully, you know, football picks up soon and that's important as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Amazing. All right. Cheers. Bye. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for See listening. Bye.